January 1st is the day of clean slates, right? Isn't that the day we kind of look at and we go, oh, this is a clean slate. We get, to, we get to start fresh, pull out a fresh piece of paper. Maybe some of you like resolutions. Some of you like um, just to say, no, I just have new goals uh, for the year. But we get to kind of forget the ones that, weren't, that we didn't accomplish, right? Start fresh, start anew. You know, maybe it's going to the gym and the gym will be really busy for the month of January. And maybe it's, you know, we're going we're gonna to work on our fan finances, and, and we're going we're gonna to stick to that budget. Maybe we should start that budget before Christmas. You know, we talk about the fact that, okay, I'm not going to let things get to me mentally this year. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be chill. I'm going to be relaxed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let God, you know, just take me through this. Good. Maybe it's, it's the day that we start reading the Bible through in one year, right? How many of you starting the read through the Bible in one year today? None of you. Good. So you're already reading the Bible. That's really good. Amen. See, it's a day of fresh beginnings. But the problem is, too many times people make these resolutions or they make these things that they want to try to do, and they don't really change anything. And so they end up with the same results year after year after year. Have you ever been there? Because we never changed anything. And, and so this morning, I want to try to change your perspective. I want to change your perspective on some of the things that are going to be taking place in 2023, because if we can change our perspective, I think we can change a lot of good things. Perspective is really important because it can bring clarity when we have good perspective, but it can also bring a lot of cloudiness and confusion when we have a bad perspective. And so this morning, I want to talk about what does a good perspective look like. I want to start with a story. If you know me, you know I like to start with stories. Stories tend to last with people. And so you've probably heard this story before, but I've changed it because it's just a story. It's not true. It's just a story, so I can change it any way I want to. So I'm going to do, change it to suit my need, all right? So there was, a older, there was a woman who you daily go and pick, pick up water in two pots that she had on either end of a stick that she would carry across her shoulder. And every day, she would bring water up to her home. Well, one day she noticed that the pot on the right was only half full. And when she inspected the pot, she found that it had a crack. And so when she looked at that, she said, oh, this is terrible. I'm too poor to buy another pot. So she tried to repair it, and it wouldn't repair. It just kept leaking and leaking and leaking. And so she got more and more frustrated by this pot. Every single day she would arrive with the left one being full and the right one being half full. And she was so consumed by this that every single day it bothered her all through the winter because this happened in the fall. And then the early spring came and she noticed something unusual. She noticed that along the right side of the path, all of these flowers were blooming. And all of a sudden she was like, oh, isn't that really nice? And she started to enjoy those flowers. And then she realized she had a change of perspective that those flowers are there only on the right side because she had been watering them all winter long. And all of a sudden, that thing that was frustrating her, all of a sudden became a blessing. And she realized that she had been watering, unbeknownst to her, to prepare for fruitfulness. Today, I want to talk to you about our perspective. But first, I want to open with prayer. Father, we thank you for your perspective. God, we want to get a hold of your perspective. Father, today we want to hear what you have to say. God, we want to go into 2023, not with the same perspective, but with your perspective. God, if, it is, if there's anything that we need to change, God, I pray that you would help us with it as we go forward and be led by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Like this woman, we often see trials, tribulations, and frustrations and, and obstacles in our path with frustration. We see them with, with like, ugh, ugh, this is, this is not good. And then the mo- bigger they get or the more we focus on them, the more we start getting these weird thoughts. Have you ever done this? God, are you even there? God, do you even know what's happening? God, do you, are you punishing me? Is there even a God? Sometimes we get into these these places that aren't healthy because we're looking at things the wrong way. We're not looking at them the way that God said we're supposed to do it. See, the American Christian has this bought into this this lie that we're supposed to be pain-free, inconvenience-free, and trouble-free. We know in our heads that's not true, but in our hearts, that's what we believe. And so what it does is it leads to problems with our being in line with what God has. And this morning, I want to take a quick jaunt, a hop, skip, and a jump. And I hate to do that. I want to go through it verse by verse. But we're going to take a hop, skip, and a jump through 1 Peter. Because Peter had something significant to say to the believers who were going through trials and tribulations. These last two years have been so much fun, haven't they? These last two years have been trouble-free, inconvenience-free. No, they've been tough. And there's been a lot of crazy things that have happened. Pick your favorite. There's plenty to choose from. But Peter had something to say to, to the believers. And what he had to say transcends his time. It's true for the millennium. Every single person from that point forward, because God spoke it in truth to us. And so I want to go through that with you. And I want to tell you that the one thing that I do know through all of this is that none of this surprised God. None of this surprised God. God knew what was going on. God is still in control. And we can hang on to that because we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, isn't he? And so we can hang on to what God knows even when we can't see it. But we can change our perspective and see more of what God sees. And so this morning, let's do that. Now, I want to say uh, that as we look at our perspective, I'm challenging you to look at your perspective. Maybe your perspective is totally in line with God. That is great. But if it's not, I'm challenging you to take a look at it and not say, God, where are you? But God, where are you working? And then get aligned with that. Because perspective has three things that can do for us. Perspective for everybody. One, it will define the way you think. Then it will define your attitude. And then it will define your action. So we're going to jump into 1 Peter. And we're going to talk about what Peter was writing to the believers who were, gonna, who were enduring trials, tribulations, or frustrations. What an uplifting message for the first day of the year, isn't it? Like, let's talk about trials. Let's talk about tribulations. Who here thinks they're going to go through 2023 without some kind of trial or tribulation? Good. All right. So you're all... <laughs> okay. Well, you're having a better perspective on it, right? There you go. Good. Okay. Now, if you're a believer, you also know that your perspective should be established by the Word of God, 
by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where we should be. See, perspective, this is true for everybody's perspective. But as believers and followers and disciples of Jesus, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that is going to lead us to have the right perspective. Have you noticed how many off-the-wall perspectives there are right now in the world? So it's time God's people got back to listening to God's perspective. Now, I know that too many times fear, doubt, uncertainty, they lead us to have the perspective of the world. We're listening to unsocial media. We're listening to friends, movies, news sources, pundits. Everyone who has a voice is trying to tell us what we should think. But I think we should get back to the Word of God. I think we should get back to the Word of God and let God establish our perspective. Because when we do that, it will push out fear. It will push out doubt. It will push out uncertainty. Because it will shed light on the truth. So, we're going to talk about 1 Peter. Who was Peter? I like Peter. I can relate to Peter. Because Peter was, he was one of the 12. I wasn't, but he was one of the 12. But he was a passionate man. Now, that's just a nice way of saying that he was reactionary and can be emotional. I can relate to that. So we look at Peter and we say, look at this guy. This is a guy who tried to rebuke Jesus. Think of that. He tried to rebuke Jesus. It's not a good day when the Lord looks at you and says, get behind me, Satan. That's not a good day. He's a man who, who cut off out of an emotional reaction. He cut off a man's ear that Jesus had to perform a miracle and put it back on. It's not good when you're forcing God into performing miracles. He's a man who denied Jesus Christ in his doubt, his uncertainty, and his fear. He denied Jesus Christ three times. But he was also a man who had enough faith to step out of the boat and walk on water. Name one other man that you know that did that other than Jesus. He was a man who stepped up, and he began to preach to all of Jerusalem. Here's a, a, a backwoods Galilean farmer stepping up and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time in Jerusalem. That's a man of faith. That's one thing that he, he exhibited was he exhibited an uh, undying love and belief and faith in Jesus Christ. See, I can relate to this guy. Because he was imperfect. He was a mixed bag. And so when we look at 1 Peter, I want to tell you that he wrote this a little bit later. So he had a little better perspective. He was probably a little calmer. And he probably had some seasoning under him, all right? And so when he writes this, there's something here we can grab a hold of. So let's go to uh, 1 Peter. The first two verses are basically Peter telling, him, telling everybody who he was and, and, um, and who he was writing to. And that was to believers. And then verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ up from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. What expectation are you living with today? What expectations do you have for 2023? Are you having expectations that God will, will lead you? He will guide you. He will protect you. He will take you into a new place. He will give you wisdom. He will give you insight. Is this the expectation we have? Or is our expectation of, I wonder if he'll show up? See, we need to have an expectation of something bigger because we serve a great 
big God. So I want to encourage you to get your expectation up of God. And we have a priceless inheritance. You know you have an inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Lord knows I wish I could get some of that now. But the reality of it is, he says, it's reserved in heaven, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you. Are you catching that? He's protecting you by, the, by his power until you receive salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for you to see. Do you get that? That word salvation is not sozo. That's sodiarial. It's a different word. What it means is, it's come from the same root, but what it means is that he's bringing deliverance to you. He's bringing deliverance and protection to you. You know, there are many times we look and say, God, why did you let this happen to me? And in the last day, it says you'll be revealed what he did for you. And I have a feeling that some of us are going to look pretty sheepish at that time. Like, oh, I didn't see that. But God is doing something in your life. Whether you see it or not, he's doing it. This is wonderful joy. Be truly glad. Whoa, whoa, be truly glad. Let that joy well up in us, the wonderful joy ahead of us, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Why did he have to put that in there? Because it's true. See, too many of us want to think that, that, that we're going to be uh, inconvenience-free, we're going to be problem-free, but the reality of it is that's not what the Bible says. It says over and over again, like in John 16, it says, in this world you will have tribulation. Now, I know that's not the whole verse, we'll come back to it. John 15 says, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. In 2 Timothy, indeed, all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Didn't he just say, be glad in it? I'm just trying to listen to the word. Don't be surprised, brother, when the world hates you. And then he go back to 1 Peter, says, dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery trials you are going through. Is there something strange? It's happening to you. Why do we think it's strange when we undergo persecution, we undergo trials, we undergo obstacles that the enemy in the world is throwing up against us? Why do we think it's strange? Why do we think that? Because we bought in to the wrong perspective. We haven't bought into God's perspective. I'm not saying we should go after trials and tribulations, but I have to say that we have to have the perspective that God is doing something through those trials and tribulations. That he is perfecting you in the process. How do I know this? Because Paul in Romans 5 said this. He said, we can rejoice. Now here we go with this rejoicing stuff. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. You'll notice, I've looked at a lot of these lists in the New Testament where the the Apostles are talking about, you know, this brings about this, brings about this, brings about this. And in every one of them, there's endurance. Should tell us something. There's a perseverance that's required. There's an endurance. And that that endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how clearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now, I want to go back and I want to pick out one word here 
This develops strength. In the scripture, it talks about that as being that it is developing or it is promoting or it is, it is causing that to, to be forged in us. It's fashioned in us. It's forged in us. What, what does forging entail? Heat, yeah. pressure, pounding. And often it looks like, because the material has to be folded back, it often looks like it's receding. But forged material is the strongest. Forged material holds the edge. Forged material is the most useful to what we can do. And I want us to really grab a hold of the fact that when we start thinking differently, that we start thinking about these trials as God forging in us rather than having what we typically look at is, why is God upset with me? Why does God hate me? Why doesn't God care about me? Is there even a God? The truth of it is that he's using these things to forge in us character. Character. If you look at the scriptures, one of the main things you will see over and over again is God forging character in his followers. Look, how many of you have prayed for patience? Will you continue to pray for it after what you've been through? Why? Because when you pay for patience, he gives you frustrating situations. When you pray for strength, he gives you difficult situations. When you pray for wisdom, he gives you problems to solve. When, he, when you pray for courage, he gives me danger to navigate. And when I pray for love, he gives me troubled people in my life that test that. This is the purposes of God. We look at those things and we say to ourselves, I don't want any of those. Then you don't want the ones that are on the left either. Because this is the process of God. See, we can look at the things on the right and we can say, that's a burden. Or we can say, that's a blessing. Because of the what will be produced. The woman was frustrated with the cracked pot. But what it produced brought joy. What it produces in us will bring joy. But we have to get that in our head. Let's go back to 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. Be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. That your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Do you hear what God is saying? Your faith is more precious than the most expensive elements this world can offer. Don't forfeit your faith. Those crises of faith that we have from time to time, realize God's at work doing something so that he can prove that our faith is genuine, that it is steadfast, that it is solid, right? Why? So when your faith remains strong, not if, when, when your straight faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. What's the thing God's going to honor you for? Your faith. Amen. Come on. Come on. You were steadfast in your faith. Even when you didn't understand, you were faithful. We sing all the time about God's faithfulness. 
And we wonder sometimes if God can be trusted. The reality of it is God wants to know if we can be trusted to be faithful no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation. We can do that. We can bring that glory to God. But it's going to be tested. It's going to be tested to be found genuine. So let's change the way we think. If we start changing the way we think, if we let our perspective change the way we think, it's going to naturally change our attitude. It's going to change our attitude. And we start going from, and we start understanding that this is the attitude that God wants. That what God is doing in me will determine what he can do through me. I want you to think about that. What God is doing in you will determine what he can do with you later. If you're faithful and full of faith and doing the things of God and he can trust you, he will give you more. I can go through so many scriptures to prove that to you. But what he's doing in me is so important to determine what he can do with me later. We thwart the purposes of God because of the way we think about trials, we think about frustrations, we think about things that we think are setbacks, when in reality, we're just watering the ground so that there can be fruitfulness later. What are you going to let God do in you? And what are you going to change your perspective to align with him? What should our attitude be? Well, that's really simple. The Bible tells us what our attitude should be. It should be the same as that in Christ, right? It says, you must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had. Okay, we're done. In John 16, 33, I told you I'd come back. Remember, it says, on this world you will have tribulations, but he starts it with this. I have told you this so that you may have peace. That you may have a peace. What does that word peace mean? It means, it means that, the, that we, uh, we have something that's focused on him, that we are not swayed, that we can have joy, undisturbed, untroubled, no strife, and thankfulness. Pastor Rick mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I just really grabbed onto it. You know what the, the root of peace is? Thankfulness. See, we got to learn to be thankful. we got to change our perspective to be thankful because that's where peace will come. If we don't get that, go read Philippians 4 over and over and over and over again, and you will get it. The Lord tells us that, that, that peace comes from thankfulness. And here's the one I really love, Hebrews 12. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. What? Remember, he just got finished talking about the heroes of the faith. He just got talking about all of those people, and then he said that we have a cloud of witnesses around us. He said, don't get entangled with the sin of the world again. Don't do this. And how do you do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He's the author and perfecter of our faith, some versions say. But because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you know what God's perspective is? Something bigger than what's happening right now. When he was in the, in the garden, didn't he say, if this cup can pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Give me a bigger perspective. See, we got to have a bigger perspective on what God is doing, that this is just momentary. This is just little things. Because of the joy set before him is what he says. 
Because of the joy set before him. What was the joy set before him? You. You are part of the joy that was set before him because you can have a relationship with the Father because of what Jesus Christ did. His purpose was so much bigger because of the joy set before him. You. For the joy set before him to honor the Father, to do the will of the Father. This was all the joy set before him. But you are part of that joy. And what is the perspective that we get into? Paul talks about it in second, his second letter to the Corinthians. And here's what he says. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Need you say more? Why do we make them so big? In light of the kingdom of God and what God is doing, why do we make them so big? He says, our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. But, but... Just like he wrote to the Romans, they produce for us glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Do we have that perspective? That what God's putting us through is going to last forever if we will line up with what he's trying to do. So don't look at the troubles we can see. Rather, fix your gaze on the big picture. Fix your gaze on the things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone but the things that we cannot see will last forever. They're going to last forever. How are we handling the things? What's our perspective? How are we thinking about them? How's that influencing our attitude towards the things that God has for us? In 2023, what does that look like? Practically, what does that look like? Look, first thing we have to understand is this, that you have... You live in a decaying, fallen world. And that's what Paul was talking about in this Second Corinthians passage, that his body is decaying. I understand. I get it. That there are things that are going to be decaying. But in the midst of that decay, we can have increasing joy. No, 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 catch this. In the midst of things decaying and going downhill, we can have increasing joy. The second thing we have to remember is that we have an enemy of our soul. And when you say, I do to Jesus Christ, the enemy says, I got a target for you. And it says it in John 10, 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. First Peter, he talks about it. He's looking for those whom he can devour. See, the enemy wants to tell us what our shortcomings and our failures are. He wants to tell you you're a cracked pot. I am. I'm not perfect. I am a cracked pot. And he wants to tell you all about your shortcomings and your failures. But the water wants to use you, the cracked pot, the water of the lives around you. Over and over again, the enemy tells us the things that disqualify us. But God says, those are the things I'm going to qualify you with. Over and over again, the enemy wants us to understand that he is trying to destroy us. But God wants to deploy us. There's things that God is trying to do, and if we can get that perspective, if we can understand and have the right in, uh, attitude, we will know that what the enemy wants is for you to doubt God, doubt who you are in God, and doubt what God has called you to. Every, time. Every single time. Thank you. That's exactly right. But who are you? 
You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You are a child of God. You have confidence because God has confidence in you. Yes, God has confidence in you because of what Jesus Christ did and the Holy Spirit that he put in you. He has a confidence in you. Can you have that same confidence? This is what God's calling us to do. We need to adjust our perspective, have the right attitude because God is forging character in you. Does that sound like fun? It's not. But this is just a small temporary setback. Let's go forward with it. The third thing that he'll do is he will, he will, your perspective will change your actions. So prepare your mind for action. First Peter 1.13. So prepare your mind for action and self-control. I could do an entire teaching on that one line. I want to I tell you right here, right now. Prepare your minds. Gird yourself up. Prepare yourself. There are going to be tribulations. There are going to be problems. There are going to be things that are going to come up against you. There's a reason that Paul wrote in Ephesians to put on the full armor of God. But unfortunately today, we have too many Christian streakers. Now I can tell those of you that were alive in the 70s. Streaking was, was something they used to do on college campuses. They would take off all their clothes and they'd run around and be idiots. They called it streaking. Ray Stevens. Probably the song by Ray Stevens is going through your head right now. But how many times do we see people who put on the helmet of salvation and they won't put on any of the other armor? And they run around and they say they're ready for battle and they're nothing more than exposed and they're problems. See, we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. We need to put on the belt of truth. You need that shield of faith. You need the sword of the word. See, we got to have this perspective that we can't be spiritual streakers. we got to gird ourselves up fully pulling on the armor of God, getting ready to do it. Well, I don't enjoy reading the word of God. Well, then you just won't have a sword to fight with. I don't know what it says. Well, then you won't have the belt of truth because you don't know what truth is versus what the world's telling you. Well, I don't know. The word just kind of is hard to understand. But you don't have a faith to be able to, to defend yourself from the fiery darts of the enemy. It starts in the word of God. Don't be spiritual streakers. I have my helmet of salvation on. That's just the start. The second thing that he says here is gird yourself up for action and exercise self-control. Self-control, sober-minded, having a right thought, understanding truth versus the garbage that's being put out there right now. Look, I am going to tell you, I don't care about your 76 genders. God said there's male and female. I'm done. I don't care if Congress passed a law on marriage. God said it's between a man and a woman. I'm done. That's good enough for me because my perspective is based in the word of God. See, you're old-fashioned. No, I'm God-fashioned. I want to be God-fashioned. I want to be God-forged. And I want to be able to stand up for what is truth, not to be swayed by the stupidity that the enemy is putting out there and wants us to believe. Now, I don't dislike these people. I love them. I just think that they're, they got a stupid spirit. Because they're listening 
to the wrong perspective. And we've got to listen to the perspective of God. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but the implication is you do now. We need to make sure that we are holy. Don't slip back into this. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Holy, separated from the world, set apart for his purpose. Are we being set apart? I can go on and on. Verse 22, you were cleansed from your sin when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Repentance, um, forgiveness, um, love, things we're going to be covering this month in a series. I want you to realize that this is called walking out a practical Christian life. We need to have that perspective. So get rid of all behavior, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. So get rid of all behavior. Get, be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, all unkind speech. Can I tell you that way too many Christians are reenactors? You're reenactors. What do I mean by that? When there's a stimulus, there's a reaction. Reactions are nothing more than a reenaction. Reenactment. Somebody says something mean, you say something mean right back because you reacted. Somebody does something mean, you do something mean right back because you're reenacting. God didn't call you to be a reactor. He called you to be a responder. Because God said you can put a space. He gave us that ability, a space between the action done to us and our response. And he is very clear about what that response should be. That response should be out of love. That response should be for their care, for their best. And we don't have a right to be reenactors. Put away these evil things, this deceitfulness, this, this unkind speech. Look, the world is telling us all, all the time, if you, if you think it, say it. If you feel it, do it. That's not self-control. And that's what the body, the, the Lord tells us over and over, be people of self-control. It's, one, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Self-control for a purpose because we realize that what we're going through is not about what's happening right now. It's about a bigger picture. And we have to have the faith for that. Self-controlled. In 1 Peter 4, it says, the, world, the end of the world is coming soon. Seems closer than ever, doesn't it? Be earnest and disciplined. That, word, that phrase is sober and self-controlled. Sober, having the right thoughts. Self-controlled. Knowing how to respond according to the, the, the purposes of God. All too often, we hinder the purposes of God in our life because we look at things wrong. We look at what we're going through. We look at them and we say, what are you doing to me, God? Rather than, God, what are you doing in me? I want to encourage you that there are your perspective is going to determine the way you think. It's going to determine the way that your attitude is set. And it's going to determine how you act. And if we can align that with God, we will no longer be spiritually blind. 
Because too many of us are being spiritually blinded by the world around us. We're listening to the wrong voices. And we're being blinded. So I wanted to end today with just a story. I want to end a story uh, um, in 2 Kings chapter 6. Now I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But I do, I do want to give you a little bit and I'll read the end of it. See, there was, there was a king of Aram. And they were at war with Israel. And everything the king of Aram wanted to do. Everything he wanted to do, God told Elisha, a prophet in the Old Testament, a man who had a double portion of Elijah, his predecessor. And I love what Pastor Rick was saying last night, that this is a year of double portion. Double portion. Are you ready for a double portion? Because if you want a double portion of faith, that means there's going to be a double portion of opportunity to develop that faith. Yeah, uh uh-oh. Some people are saying, I'll just take a little faith. You want a double portion of wisdom? You get double portion of problems to help people with. I want a double portion. Elisha had a double portion of, of Elijah's anointing. And so God was telling Elisha what's going on. He said, this is, this is what's going on. Every time the, the king of Aram would want to do something, and, and the king of Aram And this defies logic to me. He says, find out where Elisha is so I can go and arrest him. Well, if God is telling Elisha everything that the king of Aram is doing, do you not think that he would know he's coming for him? Just doesn't make sense, but it's okay. But God had Elisha Elisha stay right there. And then in chapter, verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and they went outside, there were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. He panicked. He panicked because he didn't have the right perspective. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. And Elisha said, don't be afraid. Can I say to you in 2023, don't be afraid. Don't let fear rule you. Let the word of God rule you. Why? For there are more on our side than there are on his. You realize that there are more on our side because we have the king of the universe, his son, his Holy Spirit. And if you've forgotten, only a third of the angels fell. We still got two-thirds of them on our side. There's more on our side than there is on theirs. O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. I pray that 2023, we will see our eyes opened to the things that God is doing. You know what Elisha had? He had two things that helped him with his perspective. He had a relationship with God. He had the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what you have when you receive Christ? The opportunity to have a relationship with God and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have anything more than what you have when you receive Christ. But what are we going to do with it? What is our perspective going to be? See, this isn't just some fun story that 
that God decided to put in there. It's a story that tells us that there's victory in him. If we will open our eyes and we will no longer be blind, blinded by the world, blinded by our circumstances, but we will be people of faith who can stand up and speak truth into the situation. You're going to have opportunities at work, at home, in your families, everywhere. Just be a truth speaker. I pray God fills you with the faith to do it. 2023 is going to come with its own problems. But when our perspectives are aligned with God's, we can have peace. We can see our faith strengthen. We can take our, uh, take our, our mindset from a place of frustration, or as Pastor Rick calls it, fascination, to fruitfulness. Will you stand with me? You may not be perfect. In fact, I guarantee you're not. You're a cracked pot. I didn't say cracked pot. I said cracked pot. But God can use that to water the lives around you. Are you ready? Are you going to be so focused on the crack that you miss the fruitfulness of why you're cracked? I want my eyes to be opened. I want my faith to be increased. I want to see things from a different perspective. Pastor Rick asked us that earlier today. Do we want to see things from a different perspective? So if that's what you want, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands and I'm going to pray over you. So Father, right now we come before you and we say, God, give us a new perspective. Give us a fresh perspective. Give us a God perspective. Give us your perspective. God, let us be open to your Holy Spirit. God, let us hear you in all things. God, let your word become alive and real to us so that we can see how to implement the very things that you want from us, God. God, I pray for every hand raised, God, that our perspectives would be changed to align with yours. Not just a different perspective, but a godly perspective. A God perspective, God. Give us that. Thank you, Lord. And if you're here this morning, I want to, and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. Because when we go back to 1 Peter 3, here's what he said. Can you give that to me, please? All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to his mercy that we have been born again. There is a second birth that's needed. There's one of a spiritual birth where we say, God, please forgive me for my past and lead me into my future. God, become the the Lord of my life. See, we need to come to that place where we realize that what we're doing is all wrong. And we need to ask God to forgive us for that. And go to a different place. Go to a place that aligns with what he wants to do with us and in us. So if that's you today, if you're here and you're saying, I need, I need Jesus Christ in my life to change my perspective and to walk me through life so I can do it with my eyes wide open. If that's you today and you have never ask Lord in your life or you need to renew that vow to God please just raise your hand I'm not going to call you out I just want to pray for you 
Anybody here today? Father, we thank you for the opportunity, God, that you give us each and every day to line our hearts up with yours. Give us a perspective. Give us your perspective, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.